You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. I feel like that's the identity of this Packers team this year is like they can't get out of their own way. They're losing games they probably should win. They're winning games you maybe would have thought that they would lose. Like going into this week, I was like, oh, my God, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are going to go for like 400 receiving yards. Like this is a banged up secondary. They just traded away Rasul Douglas. Like all these things are compounding. And the secondary has like the most explosive performance of the entire season. And we can save talking about the defense, but like this team is such an enigma. Like, how are they so good at some things one week and then abysmal another week? And then you flip it around and like, let's talk about all the things that the offense did good. Let's start there. All right. You want to start with the offense. Okay. What stood out to you then the most? Aaron Jones touching the football, I think was probably the biggest takeaway here. And the fact that the Packers actually effectively ran the ball on the ground finished with what, like a hundred 184 mm-hmm. rushing yards. The streak of the Packers winning football games when Aaron Jones gets double digit touches on the ball continues. He had 20 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown average 3.6 yards per carry, which like is fine for him. Um, but it's just like when he consistently touches the ball and is just on the field he changes this offense like instrumentally because then you look and you have AJ Dillon who had nine carries for 40 yards. They were on the field together quite often. Pony package was alive and well. Um, Pony package also set up the touchdown to Luke Musgrave that really daggered the game. Like that just like everything, you know, there's a reason I think why Packers fans scream for more Aaron Jones. And it's not just because he is, you know, the most explosive weapon right now uh, and the most consistent weapon that Jordan Love has, but it's because of the ripple effect that he creates in this offense. When Aaron Jones is going, the rest of the run game is going. When the rest of the run game is going, the offense and the pass game can run smoothly. Matt LaFleur can open up the playbook a little bit more. He can run concepts that maybe he can't do when he only has one back to rely on in the game. Like this is an offense that relies on a multiple back, you know, rotational set. So it just offense looked just a little bit easier this Sunday, not perfect, not seamless. Like they still had plenty of moments that they would want back, but just a little bit easier. Yeah. And I mean, I think we've talked about it for weeks and that was one of the downsides of Aaron Jones dealing with the hamstring injury is, the Packers offense became so one dimensional that it didn't matter that they had a running back 
it was just, you knew that they were going to try to push the ball down the field. The deep balls weren't working. It, nothing could click in the passing game because the run game wasn't an option or a threat. So defenses didn't have to respect it. Then you see what happens with an effective run game. And Jordan Love puts up a really, really good stat line. 26 attempts, 20 completions, 228 yards. Sacked four times, but one touchdown, long of 37, and then a rating of 115.5. No picks this week. So just a really solid performance. And those are the kind of things that you build off of. And it just it shows yeah. you what the offense is supposed to look like. And like you said, definitely doesn't look easy. They definitely are still overcomplicating some things. But at least you get a glimpse of how things should function. Because we said week one, I mean, the Packers put up 38 points. And yes, this is not a good Bears team. This is not really a good Rams team. But wins yeah. are wins. And it all builds and it all stacks and it all matters when it comes to developing your younger talent. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think that this was like a game where Jordan Love like lit the world on fire. But it certainly like, and you, you just, you know, read his stats, like his day is made easier when he can rely on a really balanced and a really even um, game plan, which includes him kind of like riding his backs when need be and playing kind of that complimentary, like run pass offense. Um, and it's just like, it just feel, felt like a, a little bit closer to where you expected this team to be going into this season, plenty of shooting themselves in the foot, right? Plenty of, you know, maybe some undeserved penalties if we really want to get into that conversation or not, but like plenty of things that, like I said, they'd want back, but like, I thought the O-line played much better also in the run game. They didn't protect him necessarily that well, but again, you're going up against like a literal generational talent in Aaron Donald. Um, so, okay. You knew he was going to get his, for the most part, Jordan Love was kept upright. Um, I think he probably has a handful of throws he would like back, but he also made some really nice throws and his receivers made some plays for him finally. So just like this is not, this was not perfect. Um, some drives still stalled out. Obviously I think two of the drives, who knows what would have happened if the refs had allowed them to convert on their fourth downs <laughs> instead of taking them off the field. But I think it was a game that is very worthy of building off of um, a lot of things that they're going to go back in and watch the tape and say, you know, we'd like to replicate that. And that looked really good. And that felt good. And let's do that again. Or, you know, maybe I want to place that ball a little bit, you know, in a, you know, Luke Musgrave caught it, but he fell down because the ball placement was just a little bit off. And this next time I want to do it a little bit differently, like things that are like very tangible. Um, so I'm hoping that this locker room feels like they can, this is a stepping stone and they don't just feel dejected after punting the ball away all the time. Yeah. And I mean, I think it just shows too, like, this was a very balanced day for the offense. 10 first downs by runs, 10 first downs by passes after we were just talking about the one rushing first down against the Vikings. So they really came out and got everything going again. And like you said, I mean, we can't play the what if game with the refs because we don't know what would have happened. But this team should have had 23 points if Anders Carlson makes the field goal, could have had 30, potentially more, if you're thinking about what would have happened if those fourth and ones were converted and those drives kept going some really nice yeah. momentum, you know, building from this offense. And I will say it kind of reminds me, and I'm not comparing them as athletes, but 
it took Aaron Rodgers a long time to get used to the speed of MVS. And whenever I see Jordan Love and Christian Watson, that's what it reminds me of. Because Jordan is consistently underthrowing that deep ball just a little bit. And it's like they haven't figured out their timing yet. And the contested catch was beautiful. Christian deserved that. I don't think it was the best throw of Jordan's career, obviously. And he got beat up catching that thing. But there's going to be a time where that connects and is easy and the ball's in the right spot. And I think they just have not yet figured out each other's rhythm where they're going to be on the field. Did you listen to Packaday today? Because Oh my God, that's funny. So obviously you and I are on the same exact page because we, Andy, Dusty, and I discussed the deep ball issues and some of the um, commentary around Jordan's deep ball. And I made that exact That's point. Funny. Of course you did. Um, <laughs> I said like, you know, like, and, and, and even Rogers last season had the same issue with Christian, which yeah. was that like, when you have a guy who just has that level of speed, you're almost like, do I just need to like overthrow him? Like really feel like I'm overthrowing him. And it's the same exact feeling as with MVS. And I think part of it is timing. My feeling, and I'm, I'm, I feel like you probably feel the same way, is that with Jordan, like I don't think he, it's an inability to hit a deep ball because you saw plenty of bombs in college. Like he has the arm for it. I think it's just getting on the same page with his receivers. And, and I think it's like his deep ball to Romeo Dobbs or his versus his deep ball to Dontavian Wicks versus his deep ball to Luke Musgrave versus his deep ball to Christian Watson are all going to look very different because those are all extremely extraordinarily different athletes. And so you're just seeing the touch and the timing be a little bit off but I do think over the course of the season you're starting to see them hit them just a little bit more and again they're still not perfect I mean you meant you said it the contested catch to Christian Watson like maybe in the future that doesn't actually necessarily need to be contested like Christian definitely had to come back to the ball a little bit and same with Luke Musgrave like that that deep shot to Luke Musgrave not the touchdown this was previously to the touchdown like he stumbled a little bit after catching it because he had to kind of go up to it. And again, that could be Jordan trying to like lay it up over the defender. I don't know. But at the same time, like they're starting to hit them. Mm-hmm. Whether they're hitting them in stride or not is like, okay, let's get there next. And again, who knows? Maybe Jordan, maybe that's not something they ever get to and and we'll find out. But baby steps, man. I mean, with this team, like, that's all you can really ask for. So, and I think, and I, I guess that's my question to you is like my biggest takeaway from this game on offense is just like, we finally got to see some like things that you've wanted to see from these young guys, right? You know, that the talent's there, you know, the athleticism's there, you know, it's all there. And you're just kind of like waiting for it to click. And you've been waiting for someone to like make a play step up in a big moment. And there were a few of those. You finally started to see some of like the game plan clicking, some drives finally coming together and ending up in touchdowns. And again, like it was only two touchdowns. Like we're not getting like overly excited, but it was a touchdown in the first half. It was a touchdown in the second half. I thought the Luke Busgrave touchdown was a gorgeous play design. So you're just getting a little bit more glimpses into like what this team could be. And look, it's week nine. So they're certainly behind the eight ball in terms of timing, but we've just wanted to see them have some kind of like incremental improvement over the course of the season. And it's been really dejecting to watch there be none. And this was the first week where we finally saw some. 